0: They say in every life a little rain must fall, but I feel like I'm drowning
1: them. On today's podcast, I have a very special guest. His name is Andrew Salgado, and he's an up and coming rising star. Um, he has played with some of the greats. He's a singer, songwriter. I'll just let him tell you the story. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew.
0: Hi, how are you?
1: Lovely to have you here, and I believe you're currently in the middle of a big media tour and you're going around the states at the moment, yeah. getting back to normality, as it were, after the pandemic. Yeah. So:
0: we just, how... we just came off stage. This is backstage at the course of kind of awkward.
1: Wow, so what's it like being back on the road and being at these gigs and doing, an, doing it all?
0: <clears throat> uh, it feels like I've been away for like 10 years, which is weird. Um, really. How many years But how many I years,
1: mean, ha- yeah, how many years have you been away? 2019, 2019 that's quite a yeah quite a while and did you have yeah. to go did you have to go through a process of preparing to get back out on stage or was it just yeah I'm ready let's go um
0: we did we did a virtual tour in like 2021 where we did we, we like went to a studio and we put a bunch of cameras up and then we like aired it for people we did it like 15 times but until you really get back out there's not there's almost no way to prepare for the, the grind that your body goes through when you're on a plane and then you're in a car and then you're on a train and then you're in another car, and then you're on another plane and in another car in a hotel and just packing and unpacking on a daily basis. So it's just kind of the, like the more I do it, the better I get at it. So I'm about a month in and I'm tired, but <laughs> um, whenever, whenever, whenever you step on stage, you find the energy and I'm, I'm getting better and better at, at that energy level continuing to be there.
1: Yeah, but I suppose it's also the feedback you're getting from the audience as well fires you on and fires you up as well. I'd yes, imagine when, as a performer. Yeah when,
0: yeah, when they clap, that's always good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's always good. You don't want anything else but the clapping. Right. Now Nothing I would else. just I would love to get to know behind the scenes of who Andre Silgado is. So how did you get into music? What was your first memory of music? Where did it all begin?
0: My first memory was I was thirteen and my dad just took me to band practice. He was in a top 40 band in Chicago, Illinois, and, and just said, why don't you just come and hang out? And I, I fell in love with what they were doing. And then I just strategically forced my way into the band. I, I kept coming each week and I started noticing things like, like, oh, you don't have anyone to play that particular percussion instrument, or you don't really have anyone doing background vocals here. Like I'll learn the background vocal part and I'll just do that. And I'll just play a shaker for this song. And I'll just do this. And then I slowly just continued to step on their toes. And uh, I noticed one day that the singer had a hard time singing and playing drums at the same time. So I said, I'll learn the drums for those three songs so he can go sing live. And you know, before you know it, I'm holding a guitar and I'm a member of the band fully, you know, and I'm, I'm 16 years old, you know, a roadie that never got paid to do anything, you know, playing playing in my dad's band with guys in their 40s.
1: Yeah. And you were around the greats of that era, of course, as well. I mean, if you're on stage, Mm -hmm. you're learning so much from them just in that process alone. So what do you think is it that really attracts you into the world of music? Is it just being out there, engaging with people? Is it creating these beautiful melodies, creating songs? Like you are a singer-songwriter. So what is it that really attracts you to the world of music?
0: I think it's the full circle. I think it's uh, having an idea that comes from your heart and then going and playing it for people and seeing how they relate to it. And I think it continues to just turn. And, mm-hmm. and as, you, as you continue to write and, and go perform, you'll get a reaction and then you'll go back and write and then you'll go back and perform. And it just kind of just never ends.
1: And how did this, the songwriting develop? So, I mean, you're 16 years of age, you're starting the guitar parts, you're starting the singing parts, right. but how did the songwriting come into it?
0: I, I started writing poetry in high school, and my high school teacher turned it in to get published, and I didn't even know about that. She didn't even ask permission, you know. And I love her, but I'm I'm, I'm still not sure if that's legal. And it got it got published. It got published in two books. And I, I went to school one day, and over the announcements was all the, you know, the baseball team won, the basketball team, this and that, and 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 congratu- uh, and congratulations, Andrew Salgado, for your poem getting published. I said what the hell are they talking about and when i went to my class she she had everything up and you know it's kind of like a congratulations so i i had been writing for a very long time and when i was about 21ish i started going well maybe i can take all this music knowledge that i've had since 13 right eight years and let me kind of pile up this writing stuff and maybe maybe i can write songs that's exactly where i started from it was maybe. just a maybe that turned into a
1: career so you started writing poetry and what kind of what inspired you to write poetry i mean like some people i see still, the beauty see the beauty in nature and nature is what inspires them or else it's what's happening around them it's the situation circumstances so like what what inspires you
0: when i first started writing i just fell in love with the typewriter I just like, I actually started writing short stories before, before poetry. And I, I would just make up these, you know, these crazy scenarios with crazy characters. And I love watching movies a lot. That's, that's ever since I was a little kid, that's like my second hobby besides music. Um, I even go and watch like the Marvel movies like four or five times because I'm that much of a movie fanatic. And so I think, I think it became a love of just writing to write. And then I started to express my emotions and then it became therapeutic. And so I, I think I think once in transition to that, I've just kind of stayed there because I still today don't know what is a good song, what is a bad song. I just I just know what I wrote in the moment and why I wrote it and what I was going through and, and why I came up with the musicality that I did, and where I was trying to go with it. You know, a lot of times you get to pull raw emotion and other times you get to be really creative you know, especially musically and, you know, guitar wise and everything that I want to kind of, you know, put in and, ooh, I, you know, I have this idea. And even if I can't play it, I'm smart enough to find someone who can't, you know, and I'll kind of yeah. play it for them and go, here's what I want to do on guitar, but I can't execute it. So I, I, I need you to kind of learn it and kind of execute it.
1: So were you born in Chicago? is that your yes, homeland as it were so how did this whole move to Nashville happen because I see you won a competition there and you have a lot of charity work done as well in that whole yeah. process so how did that all happen yeah.
0: you know my grandfather drove a truck and he watched nothing but John Wayne movies like oh all goodness. the time like that's not that's not a that's not an underestimate like yeah. like it was literally every single day that John John Wayne was, Wayne was on yeah yeah. And so I just I just kind of fell in love with country music. And, I, and as I started as I started really getting into it about 2001, 2002, 2003, especially getting into Urban and Alan Jackson and just a whole bunch of different people. And I knew that Nashville was the place that I needed to end up and I needed I needed to get there. And I started going in 2008, 2009. And I, I think around like 2012 or 13, I started realizing this is going to be a lot cheaper if I live here. Um, because I'm spending a lot more on hotels and everything getting down here and airfare and all, you know, all that kind of stuff that can add up pretty quickly. Um, and as soon as I got there, the songwriting community and anyone who does you know, hasn't really been to Nashville, doesn't know it yet because the songwriting community is, is, is a real beautiful thing. And there are just so many people that are willing to write a song. And I mean, there are so many people that wrote songs with me when, when I probably didn't deserve their time to write songs and I was still really learning what I was doing, and what I wanted to do and, and how to go about my own craft. And yet there were people who had big cuts and, and you know, had, had a lot to their name that were still giving me their time, which was important.
1: Well, they obviously saw potential in you then, you know, in terms of your skill and your ability, because people like that don't waste their time. It's as simple as that. No. So Nashville seems to be a very vibrant musical community. I mean, we know from the outside, you hear Nashville, it's country music and that's it. But if you were to name your style, I see in your write-ups here that you've been described as indie, you've been described as country music. Like, right. where does Andres Elgado fit?
0: It's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm half Puerto Rican, half Italian. I grew up in Chicago. My grandfather drove a truck. I have so many of these different things. And when I joined my dad's band, they played everything from Brooks and Dunn to September to, to um, Earth, uh, you know, from Earthland and Fire to... The Temptations to Garth Brooks to Alan. I mean it's so many different things that they played. And so when I when I started making my own music, like I'm kind of like a kaleidoscope, right? It's always country music because it's three chords and the and the and the truth. And it's always based around some kind of story and some raw emotion. But there are little flavors of, you know, Latin influence here and a rock influence there. And so I've always just kind of known that I'm I'm really out there on my on my own (laughs) and I just need to continue to be honest with it because you know if I if I try to go traditional country that's not being offended that's not really who I am and and people will know it pretty quickly uh but if I if I do my own thing and I do it long enough um you know there's a potential for people to go like well that's what he does right exactly your uniqueness right and even and even today it's my first time in Texas and seeing an audience gravitate to what i'm doing and liking what i'm doing more importantly Mm. is is more of the proof of like you you really have to be yourself and that might be a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit but but you have to be honest with it and kind of you know stand behind it
1: well that is so true because i just had a conversation last week with a concert pianist and she won a grammy and she never expected to win a grammy and we were just discussing like that the ego Or this idea of not being yourself will never work on stage. People can see right through it. And I mean, if you're if you're presenting songs that are full of emotion, full of feeling, you can't translate that artificially. You just can't. It doesn't work. So when you look at the whole scene currently in Nashville, because there's been a lot of change in the world. Let's face it. Traditionally, Uh it was a country music situation. You would say that's its identity. But if you were to describe the identity of Nashville now, do you think it's very much in the country music genre still or it has it kind of broken out from that, and it's a bit of everything.
0: I think there's there's a lot more room for people. I think I think as I think as the music has evolved, like if you kind of if you kind of go back, like Garth Brooks really really brought a, a pop sensibility. Shania Twain really brought a pop sensibility to what country music could be, and then you started to see guys like Urban and Brad Paisley open that window. A little bit more, and I think now you look at the Florida Georgia Lions, and you know you look at even what Morgan Wallen's doing, where you can you can look at traditional country, and yet it's it still has all these other flavors, and and even even sometimes when I look at the chords that some of these guys are using, you know some of them are jazz chords, but it you know but it works, and I think country music will always be okay if it's always honest. Right. And and if that's what you want to do, you know, the Rascal Flats to me are just as much country music as everybody else. And what I what I do love is I I still do love that music is subjective because I think it, I think it always really should be because it touches people. It's yes, very it personal is. to people. It is. And so it's hard. It's hard to sit down with someone who is like, I only like this kind of thing and go like oh well you're not open enough to all these other things it's like no he knows what he likes or she knows what he likes or 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 you know and it's like we I have think- a saying
1: we have a saying here in ireland horses for courses you know meaning <laughs> that what it's it's that simple whatever you like is what you like isn't yeah. that it yeah what horses horses for, horses for courses yeah horses for courses horses for courses yeah.
0: that's pretty there cool there's
1: there's a new one so i was also reading up in your bio and you've three albums produced and you have an interesting story i believe mm-hmm. with this particular recent album that you had a severe challenge because of the pandemic and everything trying to produce it that was <laughs> yeah some we story. Over, I was reading it
0: yeah we brought over an, an uh an engineer from london and uh he almost didn't get here <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> and you know we had to do we had to, uh, we had to do a lot of protocol and stuff and um because because it had gone on so long we were supposed to do this record in 2020 and we obviously didn't and you know it it didn't come out till last month of 2022 and so our budget just got a little smaller as like the months went you know went went by and so it was interesting because You know, they asked me if I could if I could produce it because there was no more funds for anybody else at a certain point. Once we once we kind of got to that point, and we had someone that that probably would have worked out, but it didn't work out timing wise and scheduling. And so I went. I don't really know if I can like produce myself because that's a very big task, you know, to put on me. I I kind of really want to focus on just being the artist and you know making great art, right? And 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 making you know this album to me was very special because it was extremely authentic i didn't really worry about oh this is a little latin here or this is a little rock there i i i did whatever the song needed and whatever the the truth was um and what i found by doing that was that a producer and an artist have to be really in sync and they really were on this on this last album because whatever whatever idea i had was exactly what the producer wanted to do. So it's just you, you were, were all in, f- as they
1: say, flow parts. state, flowing with each other. Yeah, you know, there's a whole yeah. science in that. Engineer,
0: yeah, and my and my engineer made it made it just uh, beautiful. Mm. I mean, he was he was he was extremely talented, um, a master at his craft, and it it made my life really easy. I, I don't think I could have done anything without uh, yeah. Brett doing everything that he was doing.
1: Isn't it wonderful though when you get a team of people together that just get each other? It just the project then yes. just comes together in total harmony. It just is fantastic. Yeah. So it what are the names? Like, Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, it took us. It took us about two days to really get in sync, and then and then we understood everything the other person was trying to do.
1: Yeah. So what are the names of your three albums for people to look up? Now I'll include all the links under the podcast sure. description. If you are watching this on YouTube, it will be similar. There'll be links there. But what are the names of your three albums for people to look them up?
0: The first one is called Absolutely Everything, came out in 2015, and then the second one is called 86 Volume 1, it came out in 2018, and then the new one is 86 Volume 2, Autumn Dawn, I wanted to put like a name behind it because I didn't want to just keep going in Volume 2, I thought it was, and plus I watched the Marvel movies too much that I was like, should probably have like a name with it that kind of sums up what everything is, and most of the songs were written during the fall and and after a really bad breakup that I went through and so I went well a fall morning is really cool because everything is dying and yet the sun still like shines brightly through that's what the photo of the of the cover art is and plus I was just tired of seeing my face on an album (laughs) you just You
1: you just wanted a big uh change a big cleanup of the album cover yeah
0: I wanted I wanted something that that didn't have so much kind of yeah you know, I feel like it's a little egotistic sometimes to put my face on it where well you know you're entitled just, to just, you're the it's artist just, <laughs> you know, it's just it's just me smiling holding a holding holding a, a guitar and, or
1: something yeah, yeah yeah, so you have co-written songs with some famous people here, like Brian Wilson and Casey Musgraves, and you've also performed in mm. some major stages. Let's do some mm. name dropping. who have you performed with? Here?
0: <laughs> I've opened, I've opened for a lot of people and, and, and even people that don't make the bio, right? Um, and every time, I mean, it, it's just really, really fun because, you know, you're kind of you're stepping on someone else's show in a very, very nice way, and then, and then you get to watch them do everything. And, you know, I, I think I've learned more in this industry from watching people than talking to people because I still I still remember sitting on the side of the stage watching Clint Black and he did an acoustic set. And I hadn't done an acoustic set in my show prior. I I completely like stole it from him. And I watched him just tell jokes and stories and I swear you you could you could hear a pin drop. People love and that he job. had he had he had the audience he had the audience just in the palm of his hand. Yeah. And it was so real so and, beautiful and too raw that, yeah yeah that that when i did my shows mm-hmm. even if it's full band i will do a you know five to 15 minute depending on the time frame i'll do an acoustic set where i do exactly that yeah you know, i don't know if i do it as well as Clint, but um in other words I, your I shows can... are fun expect
1: a laugh in a story
0: yes i try i try to do anything to make somebody smile because you know, my, my job is not really to sing songs. I think my job is really to help people escape whatever they're looking to do. You know, my father was a stand-up comedian on top of being a musician. And so he always, he always just kind of told uh, me and my brother that, you know, he doesn't go out there and do stand-up comedy. He goes out there and helps people escape their job, escape whatever's going on. You know, someone, someone in, Someone in the audience is going through a breakup. Someone in the audience is having a horrible time at work. Somebody just lost a job. Whatever whatever the case may be, I have to distract them for two hours or an hour and a half. And, you know, that's what I watched my dad do when I was a little kid. And, and I just kind of, you know, once but again, you know, watching something.
1: You're bringing up a very valid point because, like, when you look at the pandemic here in my own country, there was the lockdown and suddenly all events were cancelled and the arts just took an old dive. And you could see the loss in society and the mental health reaction that happened yeah there was a tsunami of it I was hearing being reported everywhere people don't yeah. know the value of the arts until it's gone very often which is kind of sad but I think the pandemic showed us all how valuable they are really really they valuable are. to everyday life you know yeah. you can't the world of music is amazing now we're going to complete the interview with a few fun questions so what musical sure. secrets have you learned so far now just imagine you're speaking to somebody who's sure. aching to get up on the concert stage what's sure. musical secret would you tell him
0: do I just do one or do I just keep going?
1: Oh, I'd say you'd have a lot. We've only time for a couple anyway, I'd say.
0: Okay. I mean, the biggest, the biggest thing I've learned is that there's a lot that you can do in a studio. And one of the things, one of the things that I love to do is one of my biggest secrets is I love to sample myself. And so I'll, I'll, I'll go in and play some stuff. And once I've got exactly what I want, I, I will just copy and paste it so that, so that it's, it's it's completely clean throughout the whole thing like I do it a lot with the banjo I've had some people be like oh you know it's really cool that you can play and I'm like I really yeah. can't but I've learned Banjo's that lovely. I can go in there find the part record the whole thing and then chop it up and kind of and kind of move play it over with the, so I yeah. I do that a lot I I don't do it with my voice and I don't do it with the electric guitar but everything else is up is you know up for grabs if I'm if I'm making it. Yeah, but grab. I
1: would say to somebody who hasn't access to a studio, record yourself, just listen to yourself and improve your skill. Right. Um right. what has created the most impact in your musical life when you look at everything that you've been, all the ups mm-hmm. and downs, not having money because you couldn't have, you know, pay for hotels coming and going to Nashville, yeah, I believe, at one lived point. In,
0: yeah. I lived in my car for about seven months. But I think by, right, I think the sedicate. biggest thing I think the biggest thing that I've learned is don't don't stress, don't worry about how good your record sounds or how good your demo sounds. A great song is always going to get heard. And an honest song is always going to get heard. And we, we put a lot, or at least I did, I put a lot on like the, you know, the production value and all this other kind of stuff. And that's not, that's not what it is. People, people want to be entertained. People want to hear something and people want to be moved. So-
1: And I suppose the only way them, that's going to happen themselves. is yeah, exactly being authentic being really yeah. truly authentic in your production yeah and
0: don't and don't overthink it's so easy to overthink every single thing that we do every single post and every single interview and all this other stuff just be honest have fun be you know be real I I you know I mess up a couple times I stutter here and there but I stopped worrying about it and then that's when everything started changing for the better isn't that
1: interesting yeah because if you look at the whole science of flow state that's exactly one of the key components stop worrying just let it flow once you have your skill figured out i'm still
0: still working on trying not to worry about my overweightness but
1: (laughs) yeah eating too much or no exercise even (laughs) yeah what is the best tool that you choose to use every day in your musical journey so for you know that can change from person to person it could be to do with their keeping their health mentally speaking it could be you know any form what's the best tool you'd advise anyone to use or that you use yourself
0: man for me it's like working out every day and you know feeling like i'm you know especially especially getting on the road and and then just constantly writing and not necessarily writing for any other reason than just to write because it kind of helps me just kind of refocus recenter all that kind of stuff i tried i tried meditation i don't i don't have that kind of patience I've seen I've seen some people they'll just sit there for hours like I don't I, I don't have that yeah um, calm down the chattering mind I write a song yeah when I write when I write a song no matter what it's about no matter where it goes it, it just feels really, really good and I'll write about 40 to 80 songs per year depending on how much time I have and you know all that all that kind of stuff
1: so it's just your thing songwriting is a big deal huh. for you and yeah. what is the number one growth tip you've discovered now for some people that's sitting in their practice room for five hours a day for other people, it's getting mm-hmm. out there and mingling. What is the number one growth tip you've discovered?
0: Don't overthink. I said it before. I really like, like that's, that like, one, actually. Like,
1: that's, the, that's, the, that's the biggest thing,
0: because yeah. early on, I would like I would like play shows and I would like mess up on like a court or a lead or whatever the case may be. And man, that would stick with me the entire day. And I'd be like, oh, I mean, I should, you know, I need to practice more and I need to do this. I need to do that. And, you know, I need to to work out more, you know, so I look better and and, I have to buy, you know, perfect fitting clothes. And like, I got to make, and it's not, you know, don't, don't, don't overthink. I probably made some mistakes today and I probably can't even tell you because I don't remember, you know, I just kind of like went on to like the next thing. So, I mean, for me, the biggest growth thing is don't overthink. If this is what you really want to do just do it yeah.
1: just get up and, and just do be it. real just be authentic i think that's right across the media that we're looking at today yeah. in social media and those people who are real and authentic they they're the ones that win out at yeah. the end yeah well yeah. listen it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast and um i'll include all your links below your website awesome. is andrewsalgado.net and i'll include the links to your link tree as well and pleasure awesome. to have you on such Thank a pleasure.
0: Such a such a great person. Thank you so much for having me. You look like you use a friend. Whoa. And I don't want to take the far. And baby, I promise I won't mess with your heart. I just want to dance with you. I just want to dance we can start slow we can go fast do you two-step or do you jive and if i have to teach you i don't mind at all tonight we got our